It's Monday the 22nd of July 2019. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened and why we should care. I'm joined this week by Nikita Hama-Patterson, a PhD student in English specialising in film and extreme cinema, and by Ruv foreign correspondent Björn Malmqvist. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Now, this week we learned that there are possible household energy shortages ahead within three years unless Iceland can boost production or cut consumption. A spate of high-profile land sales to wealthy foreigners has brought the issue of land ownership back into the spotlight and specifically whether and how to limit that ownership. The Philippines' human rights spat (laughs) developed into even more of a diplomatic crisis, at least on the Philippine side, with the president there saying he's considering cutting diplomatic ties with Iceland altogether. Three Muslim women were the victims of an exchange in Breitholt that is being investigated by police as a possible hate crime. Up to 50 pilot whales were discovered dead on a southern Snifelsnes beach. And although unemployment is up, the country is still drawing in new residents, with 5.8% more non-Icelandic citizens living here now than on the 1st of December last year. So, where would you like to begin? Oh, goodness. I I think (laughs) your your order here is pretty good. Just start from the top. Yeah, let's do that. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, where was that? <laughs> oh, it's oh the, energy. energy. Yeah, the possible energy shortage, which is kind of a strange thing in Iceland because we have so much <laughs> electricity uh, yeah. coming from uh, from hydroelectric and geothermal that we don't, we don't. I mean, we hardly know what to do with it. It seems. Mm-hmm. Except we do. Now, Except apparently, we do, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, eighty-five percent of it is sold to big industry, anyways, uh, and has been for for decades. Mm. And so, I, I guess they're talking about you know the you know the you know the margins. You know, we, uh, on the, uh, so what's left of it you mm. know, when you have sold it to Alcoa and and Rio Tinto and the others. And, and and this report came uh, comes from uh, Landsnet, which is the company that that basically um, oversees the distribution of electricity in Iceland. And um, yeah, they 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 are worried because they say you know in the next three years we might have shortages. And it turns out that there are no clear rules as to if there is a shortage, whether households and individuals would get priority over businesses, which Mm. is kind of a strange thing, isn't it? Well, it is. You'd think that if they were to cut energy by 1% to industry, it would make less of a difference than 1% to households, Mm. since us, we're only using 5% to start with, aren't we? Yes. It's a strange one. Yeah, it must be a real threat to uh, data centers that we're sharing that percentage with as residents. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how they feel about... Uh, taking second place to, uh, I don't know, a family? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Children. And... Well, and that, that's interesting, isn't it, that data centers are the big growth area, apparently. It is, mm-hmm. it yeah. is, in terms of uh, how ele- how electrical con- uh, consumption has grown in recent years. Data centers, where Bitcoin is being mined, is now the growth sector in, in, <laughs> the, in that area. Mm. And strangely enough, they're in Iceland, I'm, you know. Cheap energy. Cheap energy, uh, good air conditioning, (laughs) or cheap air conditioning because it's so cold here. (laughs) Open the window. (laughs) Just open the window. Uh, But, uh, 
but this report was also, I mean, there were people criticizing or not criticizing, but maybe making the observation that this report comes from a company whose interests it is to build power lines. Mm -hmm. So you have to take that with, with, a, with a bit of a grain of salt, I think. Uh, mm. I mean, because they want to build up uh, the grid. Uh, that's, that been, I mean, that has been through the years uh, always a bit of a controversial uh, thing in Iceland because we don't like big power lines, even though we like, you know, you know, even though we like electricity. Mm. And just a couple of years ago, there was a big discussion about whether to erect uh, big power lines leading over the central highlands of Iceland, mm -hmm. which was a, a big no-no for some people. Uh, Would then the wind turbines be <laughs> equally unpopular or could they spin that as a... Yeah, strangely enough, uh, people here don't seem to like wind turbines too much. I mean, you drive around Europe, right? And they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, here... We have, I think, less than 20 or something, mm -hmm. and they are all in, or, I mean, most of them are in fairly remote, uninteresting places, windswept uh, plains somewhere in the in the highlands where nobody goes or nobody wants to go. Uh, but but still, uh, I, you know, there were plans of building a, a park of windmills there, mm -hmm. and, and there were people against that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know they're concerned about birds and noise and, and all and, you know and, and the visual visual uh what's the word impact the, the, yeah the aesthetic the aesthetic wind, yeah. wind turbine exactly. aesthetics seem to be pretty unpopular globally yeah but the uh but the big power lines going over the highlands were also controversial and and i think and i'm not sure but i think that uh, there, there are plans to to put at least parts of them in the ground the so lines. That, yeah, the lines, mm. even though it's much more expensive. Mm. But, you know, I think that people are, as we say in Iceland, they're painting the devil on the wall <laughs> <laughs> with this report. I don't think uh, we'll, have, we'll have big problems in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, energy mm. shortages in the, in the coming years. Uh, the guy does make a good point, though. The, the head of Landsnet, he says that we just haven't had any big, any more new projects basically since Kauranjukar because everyone was so scared by that and it was right. so controversial. It was. Which it yeah. was. It was. Um, I wonder if this rep this latest report covers Kvaralvitkun and whether or not that will happen because that's relatively big and that is... Yeah, it is relatively big. Uh, it's not going to come online. If it comes online you know, in the next three or four years. Uh, I mean, they're going to start, I think they're going to start uh, construction next year. And, and you know, after that, it's going to take a few years to finish it. Uh, then there's the problem of distribution of, ele of, of, of energy from that power plant because there's currently there's no big enough power lines coming to or from that place. So that will have to be built as well. Mm. And... But it's true. I mean, there are no big projects being constructed right now, except for this one. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of smaller ones. I mean, it's, it's been invoked for in recent years to build small electrical uh, power plants, like you know, privately owned. Mm. And I think they have they have partly, at least, made up for uh, increased consumption. 
Mm. Yeah, I think the three-year kind of number being thrown out there is so ominous because <laughs> it's just uh, it does rile people up because then you start looking at a bigger picture of how long it does take to create solutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a longer project than three years. So yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, you you uh, you don't start. I mean, you don't put power plants online within you know five years or something. It's not the same as uh, you know hooking up a data center, just <laughs> plug in a box. <laughs> no, but these data centers are interesting. It's just remarkable how many of them are here, mm. and how much small municipalities have done to attract them, mm-hmm. uh, such as in Blundos and elsewhere, mm. uh, because it's 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 a relatively labor not intensive you know it's right. just basically a bunch of computers humming along and uh, and you know some some tech guys and security guards i mean there's one being built right now in Reykjavik mm. it's going to be the the biggest of them all yeah the most secure of them all or something we can all get jobs there <laughs> we <have. laughs> sweeping I, the floors or something yeah <laughs> on the face of it it's it sounds like a great investment doesn't it because iceland has always been saying how can we use our energy without a undersea cable Mm-hmm. Uh, to make export revenue whilst not polluting a hell of a lot right? and creating um, jobs for educated people, like IT engineers and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And data centres, it seems like a bit of a golden bullet there. Obviously, yeah. it's... Yeah, but we need a better to be connection to the outside world. Uh, right now, we have, I think, two cables. I, I mean, data cables running from the country. We need the third one. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been planned. So, uh, and I, I read somewhere that the reason for all these data centers being Bitcoin mines is that they need, they're not as, uh, they don't need as, as good a connection as some other data operations, uh, such as, I, I, you know, I, I guess working for stock markets or something. So they, they, they can live with a little bit less of a good connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to change. That's probably going to change uh, uh, in the next five to ten years, I think. Not three years. No. no, no. <laughs> Luckily. Oh. Right. Should we move on to a different yeah. topic? Um, that was electrifying enough. <laughs> <laughs> Where should we go? We wanted to stick with the list, did you? I really yeah. enjoy your list. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the land list. sales. Yeah. Yeah. I find that there's, uh, I, I don't know, I feel a little correlation. We were talking about our resources. Absolutely. And how we use them. Mm. And uh, what's for sale and what's really a commodity and what's not. Mm. And it's, yeah, uh, again, this just, it feels so ominous. It's just kind of this You mean with the land unknown. purchase? Yeah, yeah. So it's just this unknown future that is not in your hands. It's a fascinating subject, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like in the Northeast, you know, there's a guy in England. He's like the second wealthiest uh, guy Radcliffe. in the UK, Radcliffe. Yeah. And uh He's buying up. I, I, I don't know how many, how many, how many farms he has. Fifteen, twenty farms. Mm. Isn't he saying that he's trying to protect these salmon rivers that he that's, has so much kind of? That's what he says. Control over, and yeah, and that's the thing. That's what he says. That's and what he says. Uh, and I mean, we we have no reason not to believe him, which is not really the issue, is it? I mean, it's more like you know, there's a guy. Or a company or a holding company somewhere that that owns twenty thirty farms in 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 the country, and uh, and like you said, land is not a commodity like uh, 
You don't push it through a cable exactly. under the ocean. You know, it's mm. it's a it's a fixed property, and mm. it's it's got a connection to our national psyche. And like the prime minister said, you know, it's a question of national sovereignty that 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 you know a large part of your country isn't owned by by foreigners uh, because they you know they control it, right? Mm. It's theirs. And once it's bought, it's bought. It's bought so, exactly. Technically, for forever. Yeah. yeah, and I mean we've we've always been pointing to the to the EEA agreement, which basically allows people, you know, you know, the free flow of of capital and people and whatever, uh, you know, basically pointing to that agreement, saying, well, we can't forbid them to buy, you know, the I mean, they're European citizens; they have the same rights as we do, and they should. But uh, but it's interesting that in Norway and Denmark, you know, the, you know, the governments there have been able to to curtail and limit these kinds of purchases without breaking the EEA agreement. How did they do that? I, I'm not sure. I, I think there's they have some requirements of that you have to live in those places or have residence, at least partly in these places. Mm-hmm. Like in the actual land right. that you Right. Own. If you buy a farm somewhere, you actually have to live, on the live, farm. live there, you know, or at least live there partly or something. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, for example, this this, this guy from the UK... He basically has tenants on, on his farms. I mean, there are farmers who rent the farms from him and, mm. and, and you know keep them in operation, which is a good thing. It means that they're not dead, you know, but it's sort of weird. And then there's this small island in the Isafjörður Djup yes. uh, fjord in the west. Vigur. In the west, a mm-hmm. beautiful historic island, privately owned, now being considered as a purchase for some. Nameless, Tourism. some nameless uh, foreign entity. That, yes, uh, and it's it's it's. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm an internationalist like any other guy, and I uh, and I want people to be able to do what they want. But it's it feels a little weird. Well, I think the so much of what we've built Icelandic culture to, or that identity to be seen from the rest of the world has always come down to these two things. It was nature and the land we live on because it's quite dramatic and maybe not for everybody. So there's a sense of survivalism and pride to be able to do that and also just living amongst something beautiful and language. Mm. Um, These two factors are so uh, just important for that identity and that representation. Uh, it's it's, It's interesting to challenge that something that was so important maybe 100 years ago and not not even I just over the so important the and also century. kind of permanent it seemed at the yes. time no one wanted to buy land in Iceland and <laughs> the language certainly wasn't under threat a hundred years ago no, no. Um, yeah that's a good point yeah but it's also like I mean you have this connection to your country and to through through what you know about its history and its and the events that took place in these in these places and 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 the the notion of 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 some some others within quotation you know you know within quotation and the quotation marks uh, some foreigners coming and basically now owning these places it's sort of uh, it's sort of uh, uh, what's the word uh, I mean it butts up against your notion of 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 somehow having an ownership of these places right mm-hmm. having a having a cultural ownership of these places. Mm. And now, uh, like all of a sudden, there's 
some some foreigner who actually owns it and and it's sort of i think it disturbs uh some idea that we have of of our our connection mm. to to this land there's on a practical level what difference does it make i mean look at vigor island for example one thing that most people have been agreed upon is that public access should be assured mm-hmm. because it's a beautiful place it's the pearl of isabel the dupe um but it's already in private ownership it is and whoever comes in next and buys it if they kept it open to the public does it really matter who they are i think in, it's still that thing of uncertain future yeah, yeah and this idea of a purchase being permanent right even though it might switch hands it's still something that's owned I mean there's a tinge I mean I have to admit there's a there's probably a tinge of xenophobia in it right because as you rightly point out it was privately owned but it was owned by an Icelandic family mm. uh, right yeah. and would it change anything if the foreign owner would promise to keep it open for public access within you know in perpetuity in practical terms no but you're right it's it does change something you know it's mm-hmm. that idea of uncertainty and it's that idea of 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 the others mm-hmm. you know that, that notion of the others <laughs> so there's so much about um icelandic nature that is it's a very kind of weird concept maybe in comparison to other kind of types of land uh there's places that i've been to and i get this feeling of there's there's a presence and it's not it's not pushing me away but it doesn't need me <laughs> and i i just i find it just a very kind of a, a bizarre concept like well that that you know patch over there that rocky treacherous windy patch like, it will be mine <laughs> just, i i can't imagine mm. owning something that is has this uh this energy coming up from below this energy from these the just the active core that iceland is just this direct Mm. connection to this. Mm. Yeah, I mean I like I feel this I feel this sort of almost romantic connection to it. Absolutely. You know? uh, uh just you know having been a part of it for these 55 years that I've lived, you know, and and I think most Icelanders do in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh and so it's so that notion sort of supersedes um <clears throat> supersedes the uh, uh or it it's sort of it it's the reason why we are a little bit perturbed by these news mm-hmm. uh not that they were against foreigners not that they were against free um the, you know the freedom of, of 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 purchase and whatever and we're not really but but there's this there's this notion underneath this undercurrent which which creates a little bit of a disturbance in in us when we hear about this. Mm. And I think I think that's the ultimate the reason for this. Do you think it would be helpful if the government's um advice that they're coming up with for the next parliament um would put a limit on perhaps the size of land ownership? Because if a, an ultra rich foreign businessman wanted to build a house in the countryside with a bit of a garden. Mm-hmm. That's much less of a problem than if it's 500 hectares with a river and <laughs> Yeah, well, that that's probably less of a problem, I think. I mean, size does matter, right? 
Mm. And when I mean when the Chinese businessman and the business businessman was going to buy uh, uh, what was it Grimstadir uh, in the northeast, yeah. mm. which is uh, which is probably the biggest estate in Iceland, there was an outcry. Uh, mostly, I think, because of the size. Mm. It was, it, but now who owns it now? The UK businessman, right? Mm-hmm. Radcliffe, he owns it, and he could buy it because he's an, he, he's a he's a UK citizen, right? Whereas the Chinese guy could not. Right. I mean, he had to had had to have special allowance, which mm. was obviously not not granted. But of course, uh, an American company has done just the same thing, but they created an Icelandic subsidiary in right. order to do it. Yeah. So it's right. possible. You can Which find ways around. Anything's yeah. possible. Mm. You, you can always it. find a way around this. Exactly. Well, on that very positive note, maybe we should move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's move on. <laughs> um, where was next? The Philippines? Oh, yeah. That's an interesting story, isn't it? He's an interesting guy, that President Duterte. He's busy. He's busy. He's, he's very busy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so what's changed? Is it is it all bluster and words, or is there a real threat of this happening and the diplomatic ties being cut? Well, I mean, our relationship with the Philippines is, I mean, in the business sense, tiny. Uh, there's not much interest. I mean, there's not not much import or export between the two countries. I think the big issue is the, is the society of Philippines people who live here. Mm. Uh, yes. Probably several thousand. Uh, have come here in in, in in recent years and decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, many many nurses from the Philippines work here. Mm. Yeah, a and, lot of people and in healthcare. And exactly, and they've been living here for 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 years and years and years. And they are now members of, they're Icelanders, right? But they yeah, have this connection. Families and yeah, absolutely. And they ha- but they have this connection to the Philippines. And I know that uh, that this issue with Duterte and our spat with the Philippine government. Has been uh, creating some stir in in this society of Philippines who live here. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are of different opinions as as they usually are, and so there's a little bit of tension within that group. But um, I mean, you know, if you if you believe human rights organizations such as you know Human Rights Watch, Amnesty International, the United Nations. There are things going on in, in the Philippines that are pretty bad and uh, should be uh, condemned and should be protested against. And I think, I mean, I think most Icelanders agree with with what Iceland did in the Human Rights Council. What mm. was it? Uh, so other nations agreed with it too. Exactly, the week before last. And uh, I think they rightly, it was right for them to point out this, uh, how, how the government in the Philippines is behaving uh, in this war on, on drugs that Duterte has been waging since 2016, right? Yes, and it's a call for an investigation. So yeah. it's a, you know, it's a initial step. Right. Um, I just, I find it interesting to respond so feverishly. Um, he does. It's really interesting how, 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 yeah, feverish. This, this mm-hmm. response. I mean, you know, breaking off Icelandic uh, relationships, 
that speech that the president had the other day about what was it we eat too much ice cream or something yeah the ice we were so concerned with ice and I thought about this for a while and I realized that there is some truth to that because uh, global warming is very concerning to me and I am concerned about ice in Iceland um, but you're not but also, eating it all day I'm not eating it for that reason maybe <laughs> I'm concerned. Also, yeah. yeah, but also in the winter, I'm concerned about ice on the ground. I, I'm a big fan of walking and using public transportation, and it's it's quite dangerous. Not breaking your hips. It is. I haven't done it yet. No. And I'd continue. I'd like to continue being in good form. Can, yeah. So. Do, do you know the difference between night and day, though? That's very important. Hmm. <laughs> uh, in, I, in the summer. It's difficult sometimes, right? Yeah. <laughs> in the winter, no, <laughs> no problem. No, I guess that that also is a fair criticism because we always say, like in the summer, oh, just sleep in the winter, and then winter comes around, like I oh, just sleep when you're dead. Yeah, exactly. So maybe he's right. Maybe we're very confused. Yeah, we could be. That's we could true. be. Yeah. And uh, I, I. Maybe that's our ultimate problem, right? It could be confusion. 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 Yeah. And maybe actually that does kind of link in because some of the feedback we've been getting from this story from people in the Philippines is that it's not fair to single them out. Maybe we're confused and that we should also be pointing the finger at Colombia and um, Bolivia. And Yeah, those uh, those whataboutisms are always interesting, right? Mm -hmm. You can't criticize, you know, you know this because then you're not, you know, whatever. But it's it doesn't change the fact that, you know, that there are that there's stuff going on that is that 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 should be investigated that should be condemned mm. uh, and, and you know pointing the finger to something else. It doesn't say that you know we're we're not violating human rights. Please look at Colombia. Yeah, exactly. You know. Or what about the Chinese? <laughs> or, you know, or you why know. are you blaming us? Exactly. Yeah. It's, or uh, like Duterte saying, you know, the recent uh, abortion legislation in Iceland is just as bad. Like, come on. Oh, goodness. It's not comparing like for like at all. <laughs> no. It's It's not even apples and oranges. It's it's apples and, uh, you know, distant And abortion gallon. rights. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, oh, just goodness. ridiculous. You know? So. Every country has its issues, right? Yeah. But in this true. case, fair to point them out. It is. I think when we uh, start dropping terminology like death squads, uh, it's fair enough to start investigating. It is. It is. And I think I think um, you know Iceland's presence in the Human Rights Councils. Uh, I mean, we replaced America, remember that, or, or mm -hmm. the U.S. government, uh, which exited, and we came in their place. And I think uh, you know, being a tiny country, fairly insignificant on the world scene, uh, we made a bit of a splash. And I think the Icelandic delegation was a little bit punching above their weight. And uh, I think they did a good job. Uh, I mean, they're going to be there till the end of the year mm -hmm. in, in the council. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it was a good job they did. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it takes, I, th I actually said this on last week's show as well, sometimes it takes a smaller, less controversial nation to make these proposals because mm. they're not going to be called out apart from the ice thing. Um, no. You know, if it was the USA that did that, then the reaction would have probably been even harsher. Probably, mm -hmm. yes. probably. But uh, given the current climate in the US and Duterte's friendship with Trump... He sounds a lot like him, doesn't he? He does, he does a little bit, yeah. He's, I'm, 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 I'm not sure if the US would have instigated a proposal like this.
to to be honest. I I don't know, but okay. Um, we've got just a couple of minutes left at most, but it's probably time to mention uh, the the Breitholt attack. If we can word it that way, that mm-hmm. happened yeah. on, on on Monday. That was scary, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. There's no room in in this country for this kind of behavior. No. Whatever the degree of things happening, and I know it's under investigation right now. It is. Um, there's just no room for this. I. And I mean, luckily, we he- don't hear often about this. I'm 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 happy to say that it's relatively rare. Hmm. It's been increasing in recent years, though. Yes. But it's relatively rare, and uh, but but it's just inexcusable, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that the person who did this was. I don't know, mentally imbalanced or, or drunk or something, because people shouldn't do these things. It's just absolutely shouldn't do this. Yes. There's been some criticism of the police reaction or response to it, if they should have gone to the scene immediately, if right. they took down the story right. Um, certainly the friend of the women said that it was a lot more harsh mm. um, than than the police report said. Um, where do you stand on that? I don't know what the protocol for this is in Icelandic law of dealing with I mean, there are, hate crimes. There are. They have legislation against hate crimes. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that the police is not used to doing this. I mean, they're not used to investigating stuff like this. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, let's, let's put our trust in the police and, and see what they can come up with. I think uh, it's at least an opportunity to learn to do better. Yes. Of course. Yes. Uh, maybe there was a bit of distraction considering that um, the person that is they're investigating for committing this um, this possible hate crime was a woman. And that's an interesting it is. factor to consider that it's not just uh, a certain stereotype mm. that we picture, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it could just be anybody in the neighborhood feeling frisky and ready to step out of line. But I think with what we see happening in the States and uh, the rise in uh, hate crimes there and hate speech is that these things, it's not that this type of racism or prejudice or xenophobia doesn't exist. It's just, it's buried or it's underneath. You don't see it happening. So, um, we have to be careful that when it does come to the surface that we acknowledge that no this does we don't accept this exactly indeed indeed yeah, yeah. well uh, one of the saddest moments of my week is having to put my foot down and say we are out of time but we definitely are <laughs> what about the pilot whales I oh know. no that was oh. I, I mean i don't think there's necessarily much to say about that it, it was that's very right. sad though yes yeah, awful and imagery be, and they're going to be buried in the sand nobody's going to try to take them away okay. just going to be just going to be buried in the sand and slowly decompose and you know the way to, you know the way nature intends it to be. That's yeah. very unfortunate for tourism. Well, well that I mean, just so it's isolated. A, it's maybe it's very, a push and dark tourism. It's very <laughs> isolated. This place, nobody really goes there for 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 tourism trips. No, it's, the people so that discovered it were on helicopter, weren't they? They were flying. Yes, that's right. On mm-hmm. a private tour, saw it. 
Next week then. What Next was it? More whale stories. What was it I was saying about putting my foot down? <laughs> the Week in Iceland will return to roof.is forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook, to the Roof app, and as a podcast, including on Spotify. Next Monday afternoon, the 29th of July. For now, it's thanks to my guests, Nikki Tahama Patterson and Björn Malmquist. And as you know, we like to finish the show with the number one song on the Raustvur chart. And this week, it's a brand new entry from Hjaltalin. It's called Love from 99. Bye for now. It's morning and we're blue Cause what happened all night through Was made for me and you And now it's gone There's a certain kind of love That will show us the way So when your lips meet mine I know I'll ask This time, I know I'll find And will you tease me just this time I know I'll find I know I'll find Love from 99 We got the feeling right in time, drifted by What kind of fool am I To let the world go by and lose another smile What kind of lips were those Who like with every kiss and now I feel the mist It's time for love from 99 to dream a life but we had to say goodbye I catch myself awake in the middle of the night the bed is empty by my side once again So I travel back in time To another century That was made for you and me Where I say Love from 99 We got the feeling right in time Drifted by Another smile What kind of lips were those Who like with every kiss And now I feel the miss It's time For love from 99 We got to dream alive But we had to say goodbye